0: And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at JoinMIDI.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Super Trash, a podcast about the CW trying to kill me with that scene between Ava and Sarah and I Your intros are getting
1: way too long. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Can't help it. I'm uh, Jen. My interests are not too long. Go ahead. Tell them who you are.
1: Hi, I'm Alyssa.
0: Yeah, it's Alyssa. And uh, today is her birthday. So everyone make sure to go and wish her a belated birthday.
1: We usually record on Tuesdays, but half of my neighborhood lost power last night. So we could not.
0: <laughs> so it's a birthday miracle that we are now recording this podcast. On her birthday, and
1: just like the miracle of Hanukkah, this will last eight days.
0: So she's still accepting gifts.
1: Oh no, I meant I meant this this episode.
0: <laughs> oh, this <laughs> this episode might last eight days. It. I mean, we have a lot to talk about, and in not a lot of time. Um. So I'm gonna so- go out
1: there. I mostly ignored most of James's scenes
0: that's fine that that's gonna help us anyway so okay so today on today's episode of super trash we will be talking about supergirl 407 rather the fallen angel and legends of tomorrow 406 tinder is the nate you know like a like a steak he's so tender and juicy
1: i don't know if i actually understand that title but we'll get to that when we get to legends
0: so just uh do you want to do a just like give them a, a reminder of oh. you know what we do here thank you jen you're welcome
1: we do an episode of supergirl and an episode of legends in one podcast episode so if you just watch legends and you don't watch supergirl which is like totally understandable um you can go below to the show notes and see um the timestamp of when our legends discussion begins or you could just listen to us talk
0: yeah we uh you know we we get uh pretty insightful with all of our ranting, mostly it's just me yelling and raving and raving, but you know adorable something something uh so let's just uh let's just jump in and talk about supergirl, the madness that is supergirl, because I know that you have thoughts, alyssa, and I do as well.
1: I mean, you want to just get done with James?
0: Yeah, let's just be done with him. I'm done with him.
1: When did Supergirl become the show that, like, where someone's reputation is such a big deal? And, like, saving, like, reputation.
0: Well... It was so weird. It was a very weird, out-of-character thing for him. Also, he's a guy who... So, reputation is the thing that obviously matters. And I... I thought prior to this episode, it was something that did matter to James's character, especially because he is acting CEO of a huge media corporation, which means that he might not care about his personal reputation, but that reputation directly impacts the lives of everyone who works at CatCo.
1: His role as CEO of CatCo is probably... I actually think it's something he forgets.
0: Oh, all the time. Like, like I
1: think he does not remember that he runs Catco.
0: Yeah, I think I think he just shows up uh and sits in his office and waits to go be guardian. And that's and that's unfortunate because again, we talk about this every single week. Cat Grant proved that that position as CEO of Catco can be very powerful. And James scoffs at that role at every turn so for him to sit there and stand on his pedestal and talk about reputation and how it doesn't matter and then at the end of the episode be like well my reputation does matter and I almost sacrificed my reputation I can't take him seriously
1: and and so here's the thing i think that this is could have been a very compelling storyline in the way that um in the way of what do you do as a hero when you have one immediate life being threatened versus a community right
0: is it like the trolley problem
1: kind of like the trolley problem and i think that is if this story was told a different way i think this would have been really good but i i didn't feel any sympathy towards james in this dilemma. No, because
0: he was absolutely asinine about it. Like, he was so naive about the Children of Liberty.
1: Do you promise me there's no one in that tower?
0: Yeah, what the hell was that? Dude, yeah, oh, okay, let me believe the people who are holding me against my will and threatening the life of this man who up until ten minutes ago worked for them. Uh, Yeah, I'm just going to believe that there's nobody inside that
1: huge monument... Like, if I was him and this was a serious thing, I'm like, I want you to prove to me there is yeah, no one here. Let least. me see it. Like, I, I just that was so bizarre because then it's like by not by not having him concerned about that, then it's no longer about him saving one life versus theoretical lives. This is actually about him picking one life over a tangible being. So it's yes. no longer about a person's life versus my beliefs. It's about him, him actually choosing who to save, and by having him not con- really concerned if there was anyone in there, m- made this obsolete a little bit.
0: Yeah, and I think that it, I think that it goes back to your point last week about you know him saying that you know violence is not the answer. And then immediately beating the guy to a pulp in his next to his own car um and I think this is I think this is also that moment where he is hypocritical of himself in this in this moment where he just agrees to destroy a monument, knowing full and damn well that that monument stands for so much more
1: well it also it, this is a direct line from James. So if the latest fringe group wants to tear the monument down, we'll build it right up. No, you shouldn't let them tear it down. Like, if, if he makes it like, oh, well, there's another fringe group blowing shit up. We know we're yeah, stronger. We'll just
0: let them do that. That's fine. We have infinite resources and it's just a statue. No, it's not just a statue. We all know that with everything in current events that Monuments like that mean so much more and they hold more power. And
1: also, and and this is not a judgment call. Uh, Maybe it is against James in the show because I I understand there's different views. But if this guy had a change of heart, which I do, I actually do think he did.
0: I didn't believe that he did up and like up until the very end. I totally thought he was playing James.
1: I guess the more point is that James believed that he was on his side. And so he thinks... Uh, in James' mind, this guy has decided that he wants to do fight what's right, and he wants James to go save people. He wants James to leave him so he could do the right thing. And I feel like James should have done that. Not only because, like, not just because this guy doesn't deserve to be saved, but this is what this guy wants as a way to atone.
0: I mean, I get why he didn't just let him die and leave him to his fate. I admire that. I think I'm still struggling with the fact that James still believed that like the children of Liberty could be saved and that like he was going to change their minds and the fact that he just he should have already learned who they were as a people and that the lesson was don't trust them and still he tried to argue that point
1: and then at the end of the episode He's like, Cara walks in and damn, I don't know what it was about this dress that Kara was wearing at the end of this episode. But my God, I scream. Because <laughs> I always find Melissa like adorable and cute, but like she walked into this dress and it's not, I wouldn't say it's like particularly sexy, but I actually think I said out loud to myself, like, damn. Uh-oh. Your heart
0: went pitter patter? Yeah. Oh, see, it's so nice for once to have you swooning and not me because it's always me. It's always me that's like, "Oh my God,
1: the Luther. Oh my God. The point Alex I wanted Tandris. to make about this scene, though, is that he's just like, "Oh, yeah, I just want to tell my time of the my side of the story of the time that they kidnapped me. Like that's your takeaway,
0: yeah, let's make this about you. Oh wait. so now you care about this job. I don't even think it's now you care about this job, but like you're, you have now an inside story of what these people are like in Children of Liberty and what they were going to make you do. They were going to make you kill Supergirl. No, they're not good people.
1: Nobody cares about your kidnapping, James.
0: And he's, like, so
1: nonplussed. And I also... I'm. How quick do you think he would have responded if it wasn't Supergirl in there?
0: I mean, I don't know that he would have even noticed if it was anybody else. Because the only reason why he saw her was because of her laser eyes. So he was, like,
1: two seconds away from killing anyone. Yeah. That thing could have been filled... That that whole building could have been filled with aliens. Also, okay, we should have taken a step back and... Ellis Island makes sense. People used to come on boats. They would come to New York. It was a access point to the country and the city. Why the fuck is there an island outside of National City that aliens coming from outer space have to go to this island? I don't know. I thought the same
0: thing. I was (laughs) like, you know, they come in spaceships, right? They could just land somewhere else.
1: Like, it's not like their are boats coming to Shelly Island. How, that means they have to get to Shelly Island, which I'm assuming, like, wh- what?
0: <laughs> I mean, I guess maybe we just don't know enough about, like, the alien immigration laws. We don't know and anything
1: about how aliens get on this we planet. We don't know.
0: We, yeah, we don't know anything uh, about them. But, like, I think prior to this season, maybe we were all just under the assumption that, like, they just came here and landed where they may
1: that's what i thought
0: and and then you know filed for asylum wherever they were what have you you know but
1: but now we have shelly island
0: (laughs) but now we have shelly island which was desolate
1: because apparently like a month ago um when the president they found out that she was an alien they shut the island down
0: but that so but that doesn't make sense either politically
1: it doesn't make sense politically it also doesn't make sense that that entire thing well i mean i guess it does make sense because like when there's um oh what's it go um when the government shuts down fargo no not fargo um you know what i'm talking about furlough furlough it is absolutely i was was, was
0: gonna let you run that train (laughs) of thought though
1: um i was close
0: yeah far it North Dakota. it's
1: actually des- desolate like you cannot get on the ground
0: i mean i i agree but it's not like it's not like they shut down the government you know what i mean and so just completely shutting down these facilities and leaving them to ruin because they found out the alien was a or the the alien was a president the president was an alien
1: well also it's like it doesn't stop aliens from coming to the world
0: exactly like now you have now you have shut down your legitimate way for aliens to immigrate into the country it's not and like we're throwing
1: tear gas over a wall
0: at children i'll take that part out <laughs> no leave that shit in because that shit makes me mad anyway um wow that like raised my blood pressure Sorry. so much just even that that mention of it but you know so yeah now you have you you left this island unattended and it's got all of these resources as well as these facilities that have superpower dampening abilities, like which definitely won't be used for evil. I just, I just don't see even how the government would just leave that. You know?
1: <laughs> yeah that that that
0: few, it just, it I also think the government
1: is very inept.
0: I mean, uh, clearly. But, like, that would be, like, the equivalent of, you know, the government just leaving a military base. Like, they took everything out of it. But, like, the structures are still there. uh, The infrastructure is still there. And, sure, there's probably still the uh, capability to house a lot of the things that they had already had there before. Maybe there are some, like, ruined ships or, or airplanes or something like that. They did also have like boats and stuff like the Children of Liberty for being run by a guy who is struggling to pay his mortgage have a lot of resources financially. And it's very concerning to me.
1: I am just like baffled by that. The scene when Supergirl comes out, saves the day, well, not really saves the day, but there's the explosion behind her. So like she's essentially like as the hero of a show. And, and this was a very comic book type. Um, image too. I don't know if I took a picture, but she's up in the air, like the Statue of Liberty, whatever the actual monument was, right behind her, and then the explosion, which looks like fireworks. And it was such a weird juxtaposition of images, because it almost made it seem like this patriot, like patriotic thing.
0: I no, know, I know exactly what you're talking about, and I liked the uh, the cinematography behind it, but the message behind it is kind of missing. And I think that's just because for me, this, this whole episode and this, this story here falls flat because without Manchester Black in this episode, this episode sucks. And it doesn't have a lot going for it because Supergirl is still trying to cram down our throats that Peace and violence are the only things that work, or peace and non-violence. Sorry, sorry. Peace and, peace and violence, like like you bake somebody to co- so bake somebody cookies and then you punch them in the teeth. Um,
1: it's, it's a new um, it's a new theory just, we have cooking up. You yeah, it's a new thing
0: we're trying here at Super Trash. How to
1: make society better?
0: Yeah, bake them cookies and then punch them in the teeth. So this this peace and non-violence, uh, I've completely forgot any kind of word. Uh, that
1: would go after that. Uh, All I can think is theory. I agree. I think the message behind it is... I don't... So this is another thing, is that... When did... Okay, I understand Agent of Liberty, which one I... I I, I abbreviate a lot when I write my notes, and I realized like, Agent of Liberty, when you put it to the letters, it's AOL. And I'm like, that makes Ah, sense. (laughs) Um, That's very funny to me. But he's become a from what we saw about his mission and i guess people when they get caught up in these things go to extremes they never thought they could but some of this doesn't line up with his origin story for how he acted this week how so um i i actually don't know i don't know what's up with this guy
0: I just can't stand him. I'm yeah, done I, with him. I, I feel like i he's like... He's all over the
1: map? Yeah. like it, It's like he goes from... This is what we do to be like an enraged... Gets enraged where I don't understand why he gets enraged sometimes. Because
0: he's a white dude. That's my reason. That's I, I just
1: don't really get what he's... What is his mission? I don't think that they know. Because he doesn't have a plan for how humans get back their stuff besides just killing aliens in the beginning. Like he was a sociology professor or whatever. And like he's understood civilizations and stuff. And it's just like, I feel like that's, they forgot that part. This is not just this guy that wants to kill aliens. He also does want humans to succeed. And there's nothing in any of these plans for that.
0: Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what his end goal is. If it's like, Okay, uh human power. We're going to send all the aliens off Earth and not let them come back.
1: Did I miss that? I thought he just wanted to kill them all.
0: No, I know. I know that's what that's what I'm theorizing. Like is that is that what he wants? Is that what he's hoping his end game will be? What will come to fruition once he kills a bunch of them that they all just go, "Nah, we're just going to leave Earth now." Yeah, like I don't I, like, know. I, don't, I don't I don't understand what his purpose is other than to cause chaos and kill aliens.
1: Well, I mean, right now, what it seems like, especially after last week is more Nazi-esque. Like, okay, we are labeling them with A's on their doors. We are going to find them and attack them. And it seems more of like a ground mission of like, again, but there's no, there's no other propaganda of the seeded propaganda that is coming. But like, I yeah. think that's where they were going or maybe not. Maybe that was a one-off and maybe that had nothing to do with that. Maybe they just thought it was really cool if they put letters on someone to kill it and they didn't have any conceptual reasons to it. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. But, I mean, like, his lack of a, of a true motivation for this, other than he's bitter and displaced, it doesn't resonate with me. And so whatever they think that they're going to try to set up, because I really do think that they're going to try to set up some kind of a redemption arc, because they keep trying to plug this whole, Supergirl doesn't kill people, unless you're Daxamites or White Martians, and so, but she doesn't kill like people, people, and people who look like her, and so, you know, we're going to redeem this character of Agent Liberty, and you know, because she didn't kill Rain, like. She didn't even kill Rain. Like that's her that's her thing. I didn't even kill Rain. Because
1: it was so? her sister's lover.
0: Cause it was her sister's lover. Um I mean, what she sits in Rain to is a fate worse than death. But, you know, whatever. And so, Oh, you mean Rain
1: not Sam? I was thinking Sam. I, mean, I rain, get confused. Not Sam.
0: Sam is Sam is off coaching soccer or something adorable, and I miss her. So I think that they're really setting up for this this whole um redemption arc for agent liberty and the children of liberty and that's why they have james sympathize with them so much and why he doesn't actually demonize them in a way that i think that he honestly should
1: and it's so weird because like they could at least put some. Th- well okay we would have got we would get mad either way i'm I'll, I'll i'll concede that point like if they were to put things in to humanize his movement more we would be upset but I mean, I think that's the only way to make James's story work here because there's nothing about this group that we've seen, and I think that's one of the one of the issues the show's is having is that they're trying to show us how bad they are without like saying like why are people actually following them because it's not it can't just be fear. it can't like there are other people that seem reasonable that are following. so there has to be something else, but we're not seeing that
0: well I mean so I have here Tom literally says. I guess this is what happens when we let fear guide us. And so, like, I think that that's what they're trying to say that all of this is, is that this is just a bunch of humans who got real scared and decided that killing aliens was the answer to their fear.
1: So why is James sympathizing? So I guess that's I, that's, that's that's what I
0: don't understand. We're everyone in that circles here. We are, we are, we are, we're going to run in circles. But so, that's why, that's why I think Manchester Black is what, is the only thing that really makes this episode succeed, because we have somebody like- Did you see that coming? Supergirl, who, no, I didn't see that coming, and I actually thought that that was, that was well done, his betrayal of Supergirl.
1: I hated it. I mean, like,
0: I- I I, I hated it, but I also don't think that he was going to let Supergirl die.
1: Oh, I don't think it's wrong. Like, I don't, okay, I didn't hate it, like, I hated James. I hated it because- I like it was a good story. It just hurt me emotionally.
0: Yeah, but I mean, I think that that yeah, I think that that that's a good thing for them to do. Manchester Black is the kind of character that Supergirl needs.
1: You mean the kind of character that only owns one shirt? They really needed to cut down on the um, wardrobe department, I guess, this year and save some money.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, when you find a thing that works, you stick with it, right?
1: <laughs> like Alex's hair.
0: Like uh, look at his hair. What? What? So yeah, that's that's why he works for me because he's he's technically he's in the wrong. Did he, he kill those five he's guys?
1: Yeah. Cool. In the yeah. beginning. Okay. So I was getting confused of who he killed and when.
0: He killed five children of Liberty at the end of last episode.
1: Oh, I know we say all the time that Kyler Lee's tears is the most painful thing. I I take it back.
0: Oh my god. John crying
1: it broke me the worst thing that I've ever seen in my life like not yeah that was that was awful it I oh, I can I mean I understand why Kara came out I wish it was Alex just to see that to see that just emotion just to have our
0: favorites together
1: um, yeah but man him like writhing is that the word I want to use
0: um
1: maybe like, you guys can't see
0: this, um, but the uh, is movements that, that she just did on on camera w- were amazing. Yeah, I would say that that's writhing. I don't so him I guess writhing on the ground writhing in pain. Yeah, writhing on the ground. Yeah, yeah.
1: So him writhing on the ground in pain after he had the emotion amplifier on him was the most painful thing I've ever watched on this show. Yes, and that is including the Sanders breakup. Like. This, that was, that, that scene, I can feel it still while we're talking about it.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult. And then him crying to Kara was, I think, I think if, if Alex had been the one to come out and to see him cry like that, she would have stormed off and beat the shit out of Manchester Black.
1: Yeah. Do you, wait, did he have the amplifier on still? Or was that reminiscent? I think so. Oh, I don't know. I thought he did. I didn't know if he could, like, I I didn't know if it was something that, like, you just put on and, like, get away while they're feeling that. And then they take it off, you know, like, when they come to.
0: Oh, I don't know. That's a good question.
1: Yeah, I think he probably took it off, but it was, like, remnants of everything he just felt. And I think also guilt over Manchester.
0: Guilt over trusting Manchester. And bringing him into their lives, and yeah,
1: and also feeling that it's his fault that the five people died.
0: I'm sure, on some level, he does blame himself.
1: But sure. I, but I think part the thing though is that he felt it all amplified when that thing was on him. So it was like everything that he felt was like,
0: but not even just that he felt he felt Manchester's yeah, Manchester too. Manchester I don't know why I said it like that (laughs) um and so his emotions over the death of Fiona and the vengeance that has consumed him also but yeah that was a that was a difficult scene very very well done though
1: oh so well done again the things this show does well they do so well which means John and Alex.
0: I was going to say, but they do those well because of the actors that they have in place.
1: But even Manchester stuff was pretty good.
0: I think he's a great actor. I think he's phenomenal for the role. Uh, his accent is on point. Is he not from there? He's not from Manchester, no. He's, wait, he's is from, he supposed to, Wait, up? his
1: name's... Isn't his name Manchester? Is he also from Manchester or is Manchester yeah. his nickname? Yeah.
0: Northern England, yeah. So...
1: So he was born in Manchester and his parents were like, let's call him Manchester.
0: I think it's I think it's a nickname.
1: Oh, OK. That makes more sense.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, <don't, laughs> I believe his name is something else. OK. I don't know what it is at the moment. Off the top of my head, I'd have to look it up. But it actually, is, I don't think that his parents were like, you know what? Maybe we he'll forget where Manchester. he's from. Let's name yeah. him it.
1: OK, want to get the Lena stuff?
0: Yeah. You do
1: your stuff first because I don't know what you're going to say.
0: Oh my god. Okay. Uh is there okay Where do you want me to start? Yeah, actually I've talked I've talked a lot. You talk about Lena because I also have a lot of thoughts about it
1: that yeah. I want you to talk about. So I don't want to I don't want to pick apart too much the clinical aspect.
0: I mean I kinda wanna pick it apart a little bit.
1: But, but... I wanna more pick apart the ethical part. So there's laws and
0: you can't just experiment on people.
1: You can't just experiment on people. There's no oversight. So by the end of the episode, if if this kid, what Lena did in the beginning of the episode, if she had not told him what was going on before the experiment like she intended, that is evil. That would be yes. me, her being evil. It is unethical. It is cruel. It's. You can't. Ex- this is not a lab rat. It is not. It is a human being. You don't have. You don't have contracts for clinical experiments. You have consent. You are asking a person to consent to do something. Sometimes, if it's a psychology experiment, you have to keep something away from the subject. But those are things that have been examined. And have been reviewed by an institutional review board, a.k.a. an IRB, to be determined not to be a big enough threat to someone's health that you can withhold it. Okay? So, what we're saying here is this guy comes in. Apparently, 100 people submitted to this very cryptic ad about an L Corp experiment which means that this isn't private this is public people know that l corp is doing so so it's like the the fact that an experiment's going on isn't being hidden yeah um this i'm gonna nitpick this just just the whole thing like oh you're the only patient if you want this guy to be comfortable you say only you're the first patient so far why is his subject number 0331 he's the first person so unless code 33 before it means human why are there numbers before his subject id uh,
0: because zero zero one is not as exciting
1: scientifically i guess um it's very exciting it's your first patient it's your first go
0: i don't i don't even understand why she is doing an experiment on a living human being
1: when they when, were literally just doing a heart last week
0: when they were literally just doing a heart last week and failed they did not have successful tests with the hearts that they had. Those hearts died. Those hearts were dead hearts that then that then caught on fire, but they were already dead before they were resisted. That's why she incinerated them, because they were dead. So that means that the Haranel killed the hearts, didn't cure them of cancer, and then because after they had died they were then invulnerable to fire and then she thought you know what yeah let's try this on people
1: so okay i just also want to point out lena's first line in this episode is verbatim to eve doing experiments of this nature on a human subject is extremely serious i've had qualms about even proceeding you are not making this even this any easier you having qualms there, there's no oversight no one person should ever be making these decisions. And she's like, guys, yeah, I've had I've had thoughts about whether we should proceed on this human subject. It hasn't been reviewed by anyone.
0: Yeah, there's there's no outside input from anyone. And the fact that she then decides who would or would not be a good fit for having superpowers based on a multiple choice questionnaire. But
1: or did you see, wait, sorry, back to this one scene before we get past it. Did you see the gif of... Um, it's when Eve is like, oh, like the subject has bright blue eyes, just like yours. And someone like wrote, it's just Eve being super gay for Lena.
0: Oh my God. She's so (laughs) gay for Lena. I mean, I kind of thought it before. But wow. So Okay. So, but I do want to talk about the line that, that she says to Lena after what you just said, because she says you could be preventing another civil war eve baby girl no that's not how this works lena is now making an army that is going to create a civil war this is not going to help it is going to exacerbate these problems because i can tell you right now you know who's going to get the now? and who's going to live through it manchester black really you think so that's that's what I think is going to happen. I think Manchester Black is, because of his connection to Lena through the Thanksgiving dinner and him seeing that, something's going to happen. He's going to reach out to her. He's going to become an experiment. He's going to be super-powered because he's one of the most powerful beings who can even stop Superman in the comic books. Oh, really? And so, yep.
1: Oh, I thought you just said he was a small character.
0: He is a small character. He's only, he's only as far as I know, he's only been like a handful of issues. But, oh, but
1: he killed Superman.
0: He didn't kill him. He stops him.
1: Well, yeah, whatever. That's as close as most people get.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there are a lot of people who can stop Superman. Like, everybody thinks, like, Superman is, like, this infallible thing. But, like, as we'll talk about probably in the Legends discussion, people like Superman actually fail a lot when it comes to things like magic. But doing these experiments on people are bad. Okay. And I don't approve.
1: Okay. So I'm going to keep going on this part. Go. One, Go. she doesn't want Eve to tell her... The name of the subject. So she literally plans on, originally, doing experiments on this guy. Being like his doctor and just calling him subject 0331 the entire time. This this human which being. Means,
0: which means that she knows in her mind she doesn't want to get attached. Because she probably knows he's going to die. And then he
1: she walks in as the recorder. Says, male, brown, brown hair, blue eyes, approximately 5'9" approximately five nine you haven't measured this guy yet for this clinical trial you're doing she didn't know that
0: he had a kidney transplant <laughs> like i don't give a fuck that she doesn't know about his height she didn't know he had a kidney transplant
1: Bro, all caps why does she ha- why not have his chart and his exact height and then, okay, then read the conditions of the exer- experiment before you sign the contract. Feel free to read it over, but I need your thumbprint to make it binding. No, you have to fucking consent them and tell him what is going into his body. Okay. The ad was pushing for secrecy. Oh, this, this project is for the advancement of science. I'm just reading through all my notes because it's so frustrating. Um, out of the 100 applicants, all but 12 was, were acceptably risk-tolerant? What the fuck does that even mean? That is such a weird line. I
0: know what it means. Because she's trying to decide who would basically be trustworthy with superpowers. Which means that she's still, like, kind of upset about the stuff with Supergirl. And... And so, but, like, looking at this dude... Who probably didn't run a comb through his hair this morning. She thought, yeah... He's responsible,
1: but he wouldn't touch the spider or whatever that game was.
0: I I, I, I don't they tried too hard to be artsy with that comment that it it completely missed the mark because Lena staring wistfully out the window and feeling regret over his loss and saying I moved the spider made me laugh out loud. Like, I should have felt sadness and I
1: laughed. We, we, we forgot the most important part of the storyline. When we find out officially this kid has no idea what's going on and what she's about to do to him. She goes, in success, which I'm counting on, you'll need to know we're attempting to cure everything. Everything that makes men weak. First of all, you called it last week. That's what I, you. I asked to and you're like, Told you. "Yeah, she's curing everything." She's not curing everything. She's making superpower people. A consequence of that is maybe curing everything, but we don't know cuz the only thing we've seen her test on is hearts. Cure
0: everything? That were also not cured of cancer. Um <laughs> and I like
1: I just like to <laughs> I- Everything that makes men weak. I just wish that that was the line. <laughs> I love that part of the line. <laughs> and then, like, and then there's the whole ethical thing of like, once she found out that he's doing this for a reason, for her brother, for his brother and stuff, that is when she totally should have shut it down. Because now there's 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 incentive. There's a false incentive for him. Like there, uh-huh. there's just there need. There should have been a psych test for this. There should have... I can't even. I can't even, Jen.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I am am completely with you. I am all out of evens to can't with this ridiculous storyline. Because not only was it very clear that this kid was borderline... I don't want to say suicidal. He was completely reckless about his own well-being because of the guilt that he felt over his brother's death. That right there is a psychological reason enough Why, he would not be a good, stable superhero figure. He would, he would, that, that, he needs to go talk to a
1: therapist. And that needs to be explained. Can you imagine going into a study and then waking up with superpowers and never being told that could possibly be it? I could understand screening for who knows about it. I could understand once you're in there, be like, you're signing that once we tell you about this, you could do it or not, but you can't tell anyone else what we're doing type thing. Maybe like I would have been, it's still wrong. I still have many problems with it. But if by the end, the information that the kid had going into it was what we knew from the beginning, I would have been a lot more okay with the storyline. If this kid came in knowing at least what he was going for, he consented, there was a process, at least he's going into it with knowledge, and that, that makes it a little better to me for then, at least it's not Lena being reckless. See, I
0: don't know. I think it's reckless either way. It's because... reckless either way,
1: but there's something malicious about doing it without them knowing that is, is gone a little bit more when the patient, the subject knows what to expect. Because she was not going to tell him at all if she didn't no. bring him the big belly burger. Which was yep. the only good part of this storyline.
0: <laughs> yeah, I. It's frustrating for me because I love Lena, but they with this storyline they completely changed her motivation. Even so, with her doing experiments on the hearts, like yeah, we can nitpick about you know what she's doing there, but ultimately her reasoning behind the experiments with the hair and Eleanor Hearts was a benevolent one. It was a good. I'm going to help people. I'm going to save lives. Reason. And then this week her reason is I'm going to make superpowered humans
1: to stop She's, a civil war.
0: To stop a civil <laughs> war, I guess. Um and and so her motivation has completely shifted from I'm going to cure diseases to I'm going to make an army of my choosing of superpowered be- beings. And the reasoning for that Flipped on a dime. And so... And her doing that experiment on uh, a guy who is honestly otherwise healthy. Okay? Yes, he had a kidney transplant. And he mentioned that there's a 15% chance that that kidney would fail. But that also does not mean that he dies. He then goes on dialysis. And then, you know, goes through the process of a kidney failure again. He would not instantly die.
1: But... uh and, and this is the thing, especially especially in cancer research, this should have been given to the sickest of the sick.
0: That's what I thought it was going to be this episode. When they showed the, the, the promos and the, the screenshots and stuff from this episode, I thought that guy was going to be somebody who was actively dying of heart yeah,
1: cancer. This should have been a last resort, a thing where we say, we don't know what this can do. We've never tested this on a human, but you don't have any other options. Here's one option, and there's a lot of risks. That's the only way this thing should have happened.
0: I agree. I agree 1,000%. That should have been the story. And I don't know why they didn't go that route.
1: Because it wouldn't have made her feel as bad when they died.
0: I still think that she would have felt... I still think she would have felt guilty. I still think that she would have, you know, had that emotional connection with him because...
1: But I don't think that she would have had to put a wall up in the beginning.
0: I mean, it's Lena. I feel like she kind of puts up those walls with people anyway who aren't Cara Danvers, but I-, I don't think that that is necessary. And so for them to do that, it just it's, it's, it's out of character for Lena. It's a dumb story for the viewers. It doesn't make sense. And then for them to shoehorn in that whole sexist thing from him to constantly keep saying, When do I get to meet him? Who's this big Mr. Scientist? What's his name? Could you guys be more heavy handed with trying to say that everybody is freaking sexist? Please? Could you? No. You also, don't need I don't to do believe that.
1: that this guy would do that. Yeah. From everything later on. And like, it was so weird because they're like, I get the premise, but like, they were trying so hard to make us. I felt so bad for this kid. Like, he really thought that he was a horrible person. And it, it just, it was just so weird. I don't understand this story. I also I don't, don't understand the story of her mom. Many things. First, can a four year old actually swim on their own without um, floaties? Because how the fuck was she supposed to kill, save her mom anyway?
0: I mean, Nathan took swim lessons starting at three. So maybe. Not without not without floaty wings or anything like that, but like I I assume that maybe there could be a four year old that would swim, but also she's four, and I know that
1: that's a traumatic experience,
0: but they could have just made
1: her six. I was when I was rewatching, I'm like, why didn't they just make her six? Why didn't they just make her six? I
0: don't know. Like that would have made I don't, it I a lot don't, better. There's there they don't know what to do with Lena Luther. They 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 are trying to warp her into this they're going to do the exact same thing that they that they did with Lex Luthor on Smallville and they're going to take this character that everybody loves that everybody wants to be good and to you know kick the the expected you know to go against the grain in this Luther name and be like no this person's good we're going to we're going to we're going to write our own story about a Luther and instead of doing that they're just gonna make Lena Luther evil. And this is their ham fisted way to go about making Lena Luther evil. And I cannot stand it.
1: And this is like another thing of small things. Like I'm gonna harp on this again. But this story was ridiculous like this I the story of her mom, it was out of place, all that stuff. But it would have been so much easier to digest if they just made her at least six.
0: I mean, make her older, make you know, like I can then understand the guilt. I don't know. I, I just the whole thing felt weird and to have her like distance herself and I don't and, and maybe it's also my, my super corp trash self coming out, but like for her to say the only hero that I've ever known died when I was four. Um didn't you like two years ago sit on a couch and tell Cara Danvers that she was your hero? Um so you know, I feel like all of our, all of us Supercorp fans have embedded that moment into our brains. Like it's just burned into our memories. That for you to just completely discard that entire conversation on her couch, where Lena Luther is lusting after Kara Danvers, is insulting. Anyway, we need to wrap up. This that's that's Supergirl actually fun. all I have. I, I that's actually all I have to talk about with Supergirl too.
1: Okay, let's go on. <laughs> Let's get away from this pile of shit.
0: Let's get away from this burning dumpster <laughs> pile. Jeez.
1: Legends.
0: Legends. So you said you you didn't understand the tender is the night. Yeah. So tender is the night is actually a uh, novel by F. Scott Fitzgerald.
1: Oh, okay. So I've never read a Hemingway book. Never. Never, never was assigned it to read in school. Never had a desire to pick it up.
0: I mean, they're all—they're all very small. Most are very small. Are they good? Eh, they can be. I think I don't think that you—I don't think that you would personally like them.
1: Oh, then I'm not going to read it.
0: Yeah, I would. Should I
1: read it just to say I've read it? Nah. There's so many nah. other things to read.
0: There are a lot of other better things for you to spend your time reading.
1: Um, start or end with avalanche.
0: Oh, I'm starting with avalanche. Let's get into this Avalanche beautiful moment.
1: When Hank walks in the room and she disappears, I thought it was a dream.
0: I thought it was a dream, too. Okay. (laughs) Until the shoe dropped from the ceiling. Yeah.
1: I still actually thought it was a dream after the shoe dropped until we saw her. I was, oh my God.
0: So I legit, as I was watching this, I legit, as soon as Sarah walked into the office in that trench coat, I and and they do the they did the slow pan and showing her legs. I had to pause because I thought I was just, I thought I was gonna faint. I was like, oh my god, Jen's face are is turning red right this? now. <laughs> are they gonna? I are they gonna? Are they really gonna do this scene with Avalanche right now, where she's gonna open up her shirt and she's gonna be wearing lingerie underneath? Oh my god! Oh my god! Let me go get my inhaler. I don't know if I can handle this. Well, the best and part so- was that
1: Ava's first line is, "Those aren't work shoes."
0: I know she's so freaking sweet and innocent, but I, I mean, I think that, I think that that would have been me. I, 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 I been, loved I her been reactions.
1: She was god, just all of it. Just being like, I don't know what to do. I'm a professional. Like, there was just, everything was so good. And then the way that it ended with her being like them, like completely forgetting that they were doing that. And she's like, you guys know you have to, can we talk about the budget?
0: No, I'm, I'm still talking about Avalanche. Well,
1: I'm I still, love it because during the budget, like, she's like stroking her leg.
0: I, I know. Dude, so like, oh my God, I, I, I'm having like a gay panic all over. Just, I've watched that scene. I don't rewatch the episodes, and I rewatch this episode just to have an excuse to rewatch that scene. And then I rewatch that scene again for
1: like science. I just I just I loved like as much as I loved that the stripping part of it I loved the interactions between them what we got to see
0: I just I just think that they're freaking adorable together and I get all warm and fuzzy inside when they have those moments and so you know the the Sarah leaning over and kissing her on the neck and Ava's like just instinctual response to lift up her chin. I, oh, oh my gosh, I could, I could, I could swoon over that scene. And it's so, it's crazy because it's, it's kind of a cliche scene, you know, having, having your significant other show up in a trench coat with, you know, lingerie on while you're at the office and then, you know, having that kind of crazy cliche thing where they have to hide, and someone else comes in and explaining all that. You know, like it's a really cliche moment. But for us to be to be able to see that as as queer women to be able to see that at, on our screens, I was I was blown. But away. It,
1: but the thing is, it also took it a step above because this is like like so she's she's all over the fucking room. You know what I mean? It's not like her. just I know. She's not amazing. just hiding under the desk. She's like up in the up in the ceiling over the, behind the door and so like it added a whole bunch of like
0: it added a nice comedic effect yeah to it.
1: yeah so, it was great it was so good can we talk about the budget yes let's talk about the budget so i was under the impression that gideon made all the food for them right
0: I thought that too, and I thought that she also made the costumes
1: with the replicator, right? That's what I thought also. Do we think that like once they got um, the time bureau, they're like fuck it, we're gonna use all their money?
0: Gideon unionized and decided that she was no longer going to deal with them destroying all of these things that uh, she was putting effort
1: into. Maybe they changed it when the Wave Rider was commandeered by the Tamburo. Maybe they changed the methods that we didn't know about of how.
0: I mean, there's 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 got to be something in that. I don't know. I really I really don't. I tried not to read into it, but um, I don't no know. No one
1: accused the legends of not eating.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're definitely not starving as they're having their pizza parties and playing D&D and I'm
1: and sorry this episode.
0: Oh, my gosh i love I love the scene when Sarah calls and and tells them that that Hank is gonna show up and that they can't let him into the lab, but it just there's also somebody took um somebody took a gift set mm-hmm. of that moment where she's calling and put it to the words from the uh have you seen the company's coming video?
1: no but can you send it With, to me I'll watch it later
0: yeah i'll I'll send it to you and you could you could put it on the on the notes um and so it just there's there's a gif of sarah telling zari that if she hasn't made her bed to just throw the bed away and that's just so in keeping with both of those characters that like you know damn well that zari does not make her bed and i just thought it was wonderful that of course zari was eating during that exchange
1: well i also love like Zari, we're so not ready um right i could really use a nate hug
0: I know oh my
1: god no one hugs him or he just really wants a nate hug
0: i think i think it's just he just wants it from nate like i'm sure that like everybody there's probably like a like a chart in their kitchen of who has hugged ray for the day like whose chore it is to hug ray to make sure that he is appropriately cuddled or something adorable
1: i need to go but back and watch him when he first came to Lege- to um arrow because he, I he
0: can- was not fun
1: well, I you just can't stubborn. see this guy. I mean, I guess he was in grief, right? Because his fiancé died.
0: His wife. Oh, his wife. Or, I thought it was his wife. I can't remember.
1: But like, I can't, I cannot imagine this guy running a company.
0: Yeah, he he was not. I mean, he was, he was still kind of Ray, but he was mostly just, I'm going to fix all my problems by buying things with my money. And it wasn't as likable.
1: Did we see him come into this character on Arrow?
0: No, on Legends. Only he, on Legends. He broke out of his... Yeah, because even I think the first season he was still kind of eh, especially with all the stuff with Kendra as hot girl. Um, it, it just it just didn't fit. And so, yeah, I think season two was when Ray really started to come into his own. Even well, okay, after like the, the episode characters.
1: where he lives with Kendra her whole life and then realizes that she doesn't love him. <laughs>
0: I know, oh my gosh! When you put it like that, it's so sad. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's so dark. I mean, Ray has had a tough go of things. Yeah. Every every girl that he's been with, except for the one who died, has always been like, "Well, you see, there's this other guy that I love, like, except Nora. It's my soulmate, you know."
1: So can we talk about that? Yes. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about Nora. Um. Well, first, I kind of felt bad because Ray's like. Oh, like, see, let's see if they're missing their quarterback. I'm like, you know that you were actually missing once and no one knew.
0: I know. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And Zori and Sarah have that conversation about it. Sarah's like, no, he can't know that we didn't know he was missing. (laughs) Nobody tell him that we didn't know he was missing.
1: I wonder if they remember. Like, I wonder if that was a callback.
0: Oh, maybe. I did get a little mad that Constantine was the one that told him that. Like. Who are you? You're new. Well, you that's what I was tell telling you
1: about the camp episode. That's how I felt. Except I did really like Constantine this episode.
0: I did too. I actually thought he was really funny. And he, it seemed like he really fit in with the legends yeah. this episode
1: doing uh, yoga naked. Got it. I want to talk about all of it at the same time.
0: I oh, think okay. Moan is right, evil. Go.
1: I think 100% Moan is evil. There is no way that all those coincidences could have coincided. Okay, first of all, this is her dream job. She's known monsters exist for approximately a day.
0: Maybe she really likes just, like, lore books or mythology or, um, you know, maybe she's just, like, really big into that and then to find out it's real?
1: Maybe. I don't know. But then she... They get drunk off of two sips of rosé. I don't know if that's something we should address. (laughs) Um... Like they had one bottle for three people, I mean,
0: so I don't think that that Nora has ever had alcohol, really? I don't imagine yeah, oh, yeah, I don't imagine that Nora has ever had alcohol, um, and then Ava, I totally picture as being a lightweight.
1: I, the two sips of rose I
0: don't know i can get I can get pretty tipsy off of one glass of wine.
1: I don't know, not like opening your heart up to a prisoner. But
0: then so the I'm reason that I when I'm drinking,
1: the reason I felt that she was evil, besides the fact that she's fucking ridiculous. And there's, that's the only way that makes me her acceptable as a character to me, because she's grating as fuck. Like, I, oh, I can't. can't stand yeah. Is when the way that she was looking at Nora and Ava when they were telling their life stories and how much she wanted them to tell and the fact that she might have gone like oh i was about to go to Yale, like that that it it just it seems way too much of a setup to me i can't i that's
0: it, i i don't re- e- i don't even think that that interaction is what makes me think that cuz i totally agree with you when you when you mentioned it at first was it last week or the week before it was last week uh-huh. that you that you first posited that mm-hmm. that mona's evil um i thought about it and i thought you know what that's that's perfect especially after watching this episode where We know from last episode that Hank is interested in the demons and in the monsters. And then Mona shows up as somebody who can work with them, which means that she has the codes to get into every single prison cell. She literally started today. I don't know how in the world she got a background check done fast enough to work for something like the Time Bureau. They
1: probably went back in time to do it.
0: I mean, I guess. What if but, like the like, time bureau's
1: just, background check is literally watching your entire life?
0: Boy, I never want to work for the <laughs> time bureau. Never, ever, never, ever, 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 ever. ever. No, <laughs> nobody can do that. <laughs> Especially not while I'm present. Please don't make me rewatch. Some oh, of I the don't think you have to rewatch it.
1: Things. I think they just. Oh, okay. <laughs> um.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't need somebody pulling out like you know the greatest hits of cringy quotes from. My early 20s, or, you know, my teen years, or some nonsense. So, yeah, I totally think that. I think that Mona is evil. I think that her personality is an act. I think that she is set up there by Hank. And uh, when he comes out as the big bad, or what have you. Because um, he wasn't a big yeah. bad this week. There wasn't a big bad this week. It was just another, it was just another Monster of the Week episode. And I'm fine with that. But no, like, no, I don't no, was that that he is, wasn't that the is, big
1: bad this week. He was like, a decent character this week
0: i i I agree i also think that it's setting him up to have more humanity for when he turns so doing the opposite of what supergirl is currently doing
1: um i really like nora also nora looked that was a that was a tailored inmate suit right because at first they showed it like i thought it was like like something you'd buy at a store like she looked so fucking hot. Also, I was know. there a staircase in her jail cell? A staircase? I, me, did I take a picture? Did I not? No, I didn't take a picture. I'll, I'll, I'll try to find it later. And put it on the show notes on theworkprint.com. I love that Ray put himself in the envelope and got stuck. Also, doesn't he have superpowers when he's at him?
0: Yeah, I mean, he has the suit powers.
1: Couldn't he unstick himself? You think?
0: I mean, I think he might have been afraid to unstick himself, depending on where he might have been in the delivery.
1: Yeah, that's true. Like
0: maybe he wouldn't have been. Maybe he wouldn't have been with Nora, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so, but I, I would imagine that he would have heard that they were in the prison, right? Like, no, yeah, I think no, that no. I think
1: he meant to for to get himself in the envelope. Right. But not on the sticky part.
0: Right. But I think that he would have heard being in the letter or in the envelope that he would have heard their conversation. Yeah, because
1: he can hear things when he's down there. He heard that whole thing.
0: Yeah, like the paper didn't muffle his hearing.
1: I really hate Mona.
0: I do too. And I especially hate that she compared Nora and Ray to Ross and Rachel because Ross is the fucking worst. The worst. The worst.
1: Um, I was thinking while I was watching the scene of how annoying. It can you imagine how annoying it would be to be at a restaurant sitting next to Gary and Mona on a date?
0: Oh, and having to listen to them. Oh man! Oh my gosh! I
1: think I would cry.
0: So I think I saw something about the potential for them having a romance or something i don't know
1: those two cannot be together in scenes very much because it is too much they're too much
0: i agree it's too much you can
1: only have one or the other you can have a mona or you can have a gary you can't have both unless we find out in the next one or two episodes or the next few episodes before the break because um, if you guys don't know legends is going to be taking a break for a while for about three months
0: for far too long
1: but yeah i the only way is if if in the next episode or so we it's revealed that she's like what side she's on and then we we know her it's an act that will make it a little better
0: i think i think even then even if we know it's an act i still think it's gonna i'm gonna grit my teeth through her scenes with gary if she still puts that on puts that act on it's it it's bad honestly i wanted to just be done with it i can't handle it i was fine with gary for the first couple of of episodes and i think that he's got his charm in his own way but like there's really good humor elsewhere on the show we don't need that it's not humor to me at least i don't think it's funny to me
1: you don't do you not think it's funny to you or it's not funny to you
0: It's not funny to me. (laughs) I don't know why I said it like that. It's kind of like, you know, when I uh, said Manchester.
1: (laughs) Um, Do you want to go to the rave rider?
0: Yeah, let's talk about the the Hemingway stuff.
1: So many good things. First of all, mixed introduction to this episode is coming in while the team's trying as desperately hard as they can not to have Nate go to the lab. He walks in first his scene is like nine minutes in and he goes have you guys been to the lab yet? You should go. I'm like yes that's my Mick.
0: <laughs> I love him <laughs> he's like, so much. I'm a,
1: I I want to see this go down.
0: <laughs> oh I know and then when Charlie punches Nate the look of glee on his face. He's so Freaking happy at that exchange.
1: And, oh my god, the the gay-paree
0: line. Oh yeah,
1: gay-paree. I I thought it was impolitically correct. (laughs) I just love Zari. We didn't get much Zari this week. But what we got was so good.
0: I mean, I feel like we say that all the time. We didn't get a lot of Zari this week. But, like, every moment with Zari is a highlight. Because she is so sardonic and so... Just dry, dry wit humor. And it's so good. And then the, Like, she just does not care about anything. But she does eating. so
1: much, you know?
0: So much with so little. I will say, my, my, my favorite funny moment of the episode was when um, Nate is explaining his plan to his dad with the loot. And so I wrote it down. (laughs) Nate's dad. What the hell is that? It's a loot. Mick startles himself from a drunken stupor and says, did someone say loot? Nate continues, without missing a beat, we can use this to tame the Minotaur. Mick says, you said that was loot. And then Constantine, in a very funny moment, says, I guess it's more of a liar. So Mick says, you're all liars, and then goes back to sleep. It's so freaking good because it passes by in a flash. And if you're not paying attention, if you're not paying attention, you miss it. And it's such a good nerdy joke. It's so much better than any moment that Mona and Gary have had in their entire runs on the show. That is good writing. very funny i
1: missed i missed a liar part of it i only i only caught on the loot um and i thought he was just saying i guess you all are liars because he realized it's not a loot um but that makes it a lot funnier
0: yeah it's very funny
1: um the fact that mick defines himself as an author when introducing himself to hemingway i
0: know oh love him love him so much this is
1: also we've a lot of sarah kicking ass this season so far
0: uh, her threatening Hank yes. gave me life. Gave me so much. Have you ever been hit by a girl, Hank? <laughs> no, ma'am. Hmm. She's
1: considering it. I forgot on the Time Bureau stuff when Nora... I loved Nora this episode so much. And I think what's great is that we don't really know her as a person. So there's 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 so much growth that can be there. Like yeah. We don't know what she's like all we know is that she's been evil we don't know her tendency so she really has a chance like now to develop herself and like so her watching Mona take the cake out for Ava was one of my favorite scenes where she's like no it's fantastic keep going (laughs) and I'm like that was so good it was like her watching like a reality tv show and like I could also see her being like I don't want to be part of this. But I love the fact that she's like, drama, drama, drama.
0: <laughs> uh, it's it's delightful.
1: Because, it, yeah, it could have so easily been like, get the fuck out of here. Which we don't know. It could have been. The fact that she's, like, enthralled. Like, I want to see her when she gets out and Ava watching House Hunters.
0: Yes. But even when they, when they go to open the letter, too, and her excitement with opening like you could tell, she wants to open that letter. Who from doesn't Ray.
1: want to read a Ray Palmer love letter?
0: There's probably glitter in it.
1: <laughs> I love it, oh, and I good. love like us now seeing Ava's point of view of each team member. How Ava sees Ray, how Ava sees Nate.
0: Oh yeah, it's not just yeah. through
1: Sarah. It's not like this like tertiary pu- person. She knows like oh my my girlfriend's coworker, my girlfriend's roommate. She knows them.
0: Yeah, she knows that Ray Palmer is all rainbows and butterflies and glitter and sparkles and he loves hugs and he's just an adorable little cupcake who nobody notices when he leaves the room.
1: Oh, God, this is so good. We haven't talked about Charlie trying out the accents. Ugh, I love her so much. This cast, it's so fucking deep in its ability to pull our talent it's like the deepest bench so there's never going to be a bad episode because everyone can perform
0: and they all have because again it is so character driven is that it? each of these characters are i maybe i don't know if you're being sarcastic or not.
1: i am we say i i say okay, that I specifically say, I every like, fucking week like
0: every week <laughs> like how this is a character driven that would be like
1: again. me being like you saying it's about good choices, and me like, is it?
0: Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and so they, they have these characters so firmly established that any episode centered around one of these characters is going to work, because we know these characters.
1: And they also remember it. They remember what they've established.
0: So what I really, really, really liked about this episode is that they could have done the typical CW... Let's insert some drama into this wave rider with the Nate, Charlie, Amaya triangle that could have happened. And I felt pretty bad for Charlie this episode. But I really loved the way that Nate was the first one to really look at her and see her as Charlie. And to recognize this is not Amaya. I am not going to call her fake Amaya. I'm not going to call her not Amaya. I'm not going to look at what she's not. She is Charlie. And I love that they didn't make this something where he's pining after her or whatever just because she looks like Amaya. He got over that fast. I just thought thought that thought that was a really smart move by
1: the writers to not drag that out i was worried and i don't know if i need to be worried about the show is that was the way that amaya looked at him at the end i'm like is she having feelings for him
0: i see i didn't think so i thought that that was her appreciation for him because because
1: she belongs with zari
0: but obviously she belongs with zari like they have this they have the love-hate relationship down pat they have that enemies to lovers thing going for them. And I am so here for it. The looks between them. Oh my goodness. They get so close to each other when they talk. But the I, I like it because, you know, everybody on the Wave Rider, they still treat her kind of like as a joke. And she's, she's a little bit of a punchline in that because she's not a Maya, even with trying to get her to pretend to be a Maya for the sake of Hank, that's a pretty rude ask of them to ask her to be someone that she's not
1: when she's being held captive
0: when she's being held captive and they don't respect that and they kind of treat her poorly over it and it's nate who's the one who finally looks at her and sees just charlie and i think through that and his speech at the end he's kind of saying you can find your home here to charlie not to not Amaya, not even to like anything with himself, but to Charlie. And I think that's why she looks at him the way that she does. Because he sees her as her own person. And I I appreciate that. I think that that is, is very well done. And it it makes me like Nate a whole lot more. And I yes. like Nate. I think he's fun. But he, he also grates on my nerves a little bit. Well, the
1: thing we disliked most about Nate last season was the way he he behaved in his relationship with Maya. Yeah. So when you take sure. that away and when you see him get over it fairly quickly, it makes it like, okay, like he's not that mopey guy. He's not that me, me, me guy that we had for two seasons or a season and a half. Or one I, season? I, when did they get together?
0: <laughs> it was pretty soon into season two. Because Nate and Amaya were the ones that were new. For well, yeah, and two.
1: they kissed with the dinosaur, right?
0: Yeah, that was pretty early on in season two.
1: But what I wanted to say was, so there was a thing going around where someone on Tumblr was like, um, oh, like, you guys are all trying to make legends gay. Well, like, just let it be. And then, like, a hashtag on the be- on the bottom, by the way, not homophobic. Um, <laughs> Like... This show is already so fucking gay, yeah, they could have saved that striptease for the end. They opened up with it basically. Uh-huh. wait was it the opening
0: scene? It was the scene after uh, Ava showing Mona around
1: yes, so like
0: so that before the title
1: that's ballsy that is super ballsy um, and yeah I like i I liked i I really did like Constantine this episode i did too um yeah i don't know next week looks scary as fuck and uh terrifying i assume it's gonna be okay so it's hard to say because everything's magic now but from the way from the way it advertised it didn't seem like it's going to be a constantine episode but i feel like if it's gonna be creepy dolls but i
0: think it's gonna be a constantine nora episode right i don't know it's gonna have the both of them i mean i i i'm okay with that as long as they they manage that appropriately oh no i think it should be a constantine
1: episode if it's if it's gonna be like when they have like creepy crawly type demons magic stuff i feel like it should be a constantine Nora episode
0: i agree and i think that Nora is a nice foil to constantine
1: i loved her so much this episode
0: I wish
1: Mona wasn't, I wish, I wish a less annoying Mona was there.
0: I agree. I I, I will concede that too. Because I think that she's necessary in order for them to have those moments. But man, is she just irritating. Anyway. All right. Is there anything else that we want to talk about with this episode?
1: Charlie.
0: Charlie is amazing. And I love her and um
1: do you think they would put her with Zari?
0: maybe i mean i think a year ago if you had asked me i would i would have said no because as terrible as it sounds they've already met their quota and there would be a lot of backlash with people saying it's being too gay but at this point they just had sarah
1: strip for her girlfriend
0: <laughs> they just had sarah strip for her girlfriend had constantine doing yoga naked um they've they have not been shy about mentioning that Constantine is bi. I I don't I think between with the looks and the chemistry between Charlie and Zari there there could be something.
1: And I Zari also has chemistry with everyone. She really does. And I remembered what I wanted to say before. Um we were talking about how they were making like the jokes about Charlie not being part of the team and just being there. It was also funny because we talked last week about not having much Gideon lately. And Gideon was like, no, I'm getting fucking in the middle of this. I'm here too, bitches. (laughs) Every time they made a comment. Keep my name out your mouth. (laughs) Every time that they like forgot Charlie, she's like, and me.
0: (laughs) Yep. Oh, wonderful.
1: The show's so good. Sorry. One, one last thing. So, you know how um, Hank was like, oh, like, this, this ship is automated. Why do you guys need to be here? Gideon can't get out of the fucking ship to save time.
0: Yeah. Like, she's <laughs> not, like, pulling up to uh, the prehistoric era to get jump out and help with dinosaurs and then like snatching it up with the jump ship or something like they know it doesn't work like that like you have to have physical body the ship
1: is automated the missions are not um and that's all i got
0: that's that's all i've got too um i one note that i forgot to mention was supergirl where is russian supergirl <laughs>
1: wait when was that two weeks ago was that
0: last week is she still digging a hole
1: wait when did she we see her last week or two weeks ago?
0: No, I think it was like two or three weeks ago. It's been a while. But, like, we've only seen snippets of her. And I know that they're, like, I guess saving her for the second half of the season. But it just seems ridiculous.
1: Um, I'm not actually looking forward to Elseworld.
0: I am only because of Batwoman. And I love Batwoman and Kate Kane.
1: But, I mean, partially I don't watch The Flash and all that stuff. But, like,
0: I am not caught up on Flash and Arrow at all.
1: I'm more excited for the Legends self crossover.
0: I agree, same, but that's just because I get I, I get excited every single week to watch Legends.
1: I can't even remember so. what's happening next week on Supergirl. Oh my god, wait, timeout! Next week on Supergirl is a Nia Brainy centric episode. I know it's gonna be adorable. Brainy's
0: hey girl,
1: <laughs> but I just I just so excited for Nia. Apparently, we get to see her apartment. Which she still lives in. We don't get to see the roommate.
0: Yeah. All right. Um, if you guys want to follow me, I am on Twitter at Jen Stayrup.
1: I am at TV with App, and we are at Super Trash Cast. Um, you could email us at supertrashcast at gmail dot com, and you can read us on iTunes if you want, and let us know that you like us and. We have a Patreon. You can check that out. And that's all I got.
0: Yeah, thanks so much for listening. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye! What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground.